Megan, look at this. It's my Tardif. Oh, bit bigger on the inside, isn't it? That's right. It stands for Time and Relative Dimension and Fun Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Fun Fiction, ladies and gentlemen. I'm bigger on the inside, Scotty Moore. And I'm a David 10 out of 10 at Megan Danger. Jesus Christ, I thought... My, I had to redo. I was going to say I'm your wibbly wobbly hosty wosty, but I figured that. <laughs> but I wanted to go with the pervert one, which is I'm bigger on the inside. <laughs> that is probably my favorite piece of like Doctor Who fan art. Is a song by Voltaire called "Bigger on the Inside," and he wrote like uh, he wrote a bunch of songs about Star Trek and Star Wars, and everyone was like, "Make one about Doctor Who," and he goes, "I don't know shit about Doctor Who," which I'm sure we can also relate to. I, and I don't and know so, what you're talking about. <laughs> and so he had a he had a bunch of fans send him information on Doctor Who, like spreadsheets of shit, and he was just like. I don't know what to do with any of this. And finally, someone sat down with him, and he goes, well, he has a TARDIS, and it's bigger on the inside. And he goes, now, wait a minute. Say that again. It's bigger <laughs> on the inside. Now, I can make a song out of that. And so it's just a long pervert song about Doctor Who being bigger on the inside. <laughs> well, I've got everything I need here. <laughs> yeah. So, Pardon me for not taking the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> I'm a little bit more sophisticated than that. Thank you. I will. I will say I am very proud of David Tennant for being the only doctor that when I see him in something, I'm not immediately like, "Oh, it's Doctor Who." Which, by the, every, everybody at home, I know he's called the Doctor, but fuck you. Oh, that's the best. That's the best thing to do if you want to watch someone. Like if you want to see someone and you know. That, like, their internal organs are physically twitching on the inside. Be like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the, that's the Doctor Who. He plays Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, should yeah, we... that's, the, that's the actress they just cast to be Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> so should we just uh, get it all out in the open that we don't know that much about Doctor Who before we get into this? So this is another one of those cases where um much like sex in the city and so many other things in my life i have approximate knowledge of doctor yeah. who <laughs> same like with me with me i to me doctor who is a lot like harry potter in that i love the the universe around it but then when i dig deep and actually have to like check out the stories I'm like, oh, fuck, this isn't good. I don't think this is good, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I had friends in college who were deeply obsessed with it. Yeah. Like, because it was right around the revival where, uh, well, I guess just past it because there was the bit with uh, Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. yeah. And so it was just past that because it was David Tennant 
and no, actually no i guess it was if i was in yeah wait if i was in college it was it would have either been Tennant and it would have been towards the end of david Tennant. yeah um and just starting up at matt smith because i was like in the middle of finishing and towards finishing college and so yeah they were all like ah but like the one friend i had who was like super into it it wasn't just that stuff like she knew all the old shit she knew all the old men from like the 70s <laughs> um so yeah and she so she was like hardcore and she was the one who was like just get into like the oh my god that's though your cat has become doctor who and he's trying to talk to you he's become doctor who destroyer of worlds see doctor who is one of those things that like it's very easy just through cultural osmosis to get all the reference points you need. So you don't really need to watch the show. I, I, I was so easy for me to osmose what the show was about that my second longest running relationship I have ever had was based around me love being a huge doctor who fan. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, it's so great. I love it. That's then, really funny. <laughs> Just yeah, it's it's the best. So yeah, no, she um actually uh I had a real big crush on. She was actually my first um she was the first girl I had a crush on. And yeah, and I did not realize it at the time because I was real dumb. It was one of those things where it was like she's so cool. And I want to be your friend so bad, but I'm scared of talking to her, and I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs> it's just... I'm just, I'm just uh, real dumb. So I was like, yeah, I'll get into Doctor Who. And it's like, and I started watching it. But yeah, so those first episodes, when they uh, have Chris Eccleston there, have a budget of about $2. Oh, that's the whole series from what I have seen. Oh, no, uh, during that relationship i was like i guess i should finally start watching doctor who and even my girlfriend was like hey no don't watch chris eccleston just skip that and go to david Tennant." who i will argue the first episode with david the christmas episode is they've got very fucking good one-shot episodes and david Tennant is the most charismatic human being on the planet so he can carry that show to a limit like i'm a person who loves <laughs> characters like that's why i stuck with supernatural longer than most people because i love the characters of sam dean castiel love them all but after a while it's like a it's like a, a scale and it, <laughs> once the show's plot gets too shitty the characters can no longer weigh outweigh it. It can no longer. That's Doctor <laughs> Who. After a while, I was just like, I cannot. Why is this woman a thin sheet of skin that must be moisturized? I hate this. <laughs> I remember that. That shit was funny as hell. Because that's the thing. Like at its core, it's a just a very like that's the seems to be the point that it's like it is just very silly. Like the point is that it's that it's not good like I, I think that's one of those things where it's like people forget that about shit like star wars like yeah like you go back and it's like no star wars was never good that's kind of the point 
Uh, but well, no, I won't say, hold on. You have activated Nerd Lord. <laughs> I, I don't think it's bad. I just think it's a very, very basic story. Like, it is, if you want to know how to write a story, Star Wars. Start well, what there, I mean baby. Is that it was, what, I, what I mean is that it was always fucking silly. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt. Like, with, like I remember when the new, and this is now a Star Wars episode, I guess, when the new one started up and I heard the name. <laughs> Sorry, Ky- Doctor Who fans. This is now a Star Wars episode. <laughs> uh, when I heard the name Kylo Ren, I was like, that name is fucking dumb. Why would they have such a dumb fucking name? And then I went back and Dexter thought. Dexter Jetster. <laughs> <laughs> but then I went back and I realized like, well, the only reason names like Darth Vader and Boba Fett are normal now is because we've heard them enough. Like, and now uh, years after the first of the uh, sequels Bo- came Fett out. Boba Fett is a stupid name. Don't you fucking talk about <laughs> Boba Fett. <laughs> But uh, yeah, now I'm like Kylo Ren. Yeah, that's a normal ass name. It's not goofy at all. Like I, I see that as a Star Wars fan. Boba Fett's a dumb name. <laughs> I believe uh, Boober Fett is how I referred to him the other day. <laughs> oh fuck, that's it's good. Bo- Boober Fett. Uh, but yeah, Doctor Who is like it's a great character without a doubt. Like Tenet did great. Matt Smith did great, and even most of the um companions are charismatic enough it's just a matter of every episode it's like you want to go meet some characters you will never remember again and suck a fucking whole lot here you go doctor who baby and i'm like no i just want to watch i want to watch my girl and my guy have fun (laughs) yeah most of like the 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 monster of the week shit sucks ass um i don't like most of the companions either this thing i I've, i'm gonna i'm gonna say a lot of hot takes on this episode that i imagine anyone who likes doctor who is not look, going to enjoy if you look <laughs> me in the eyes and tell me that rose tyler isn't good i will come through this screen and punch you in the face viciously come fucking get me bitch how <laughs> dare you it might I also okay, no i don't have a i don't have a problem with her i just don't find her that compelling She's okay. Like, it's like, eh. Look, you want to know who my favorite is? You want to know who my favorite is? It, is it Donna? It is Donna. It is uh-huh. Donna fucking Noble. Donna that's fucking also, rules. That's also because uh, Catherine Tate and David Tennant are, like, best friends yeah. for life in real life. So, like, their, like, ride or die, like, BFF chemistry is off the charts. So, like, no one else stands a chance like that's my favorite thing about ducktales is the fact that now i don't have to point to doctor who as the main thing that i think of when i think of Catherine tate and david Tennant (laughs) because now they're on (laughs) ducktales she's fucking oh god what's the name of what is the evil duck with magic magic a dispel yeah Catherine tate is magic a fucking dispel and that rips it it made me so happy because i'm like (laughs) they're together again (laughs) Cause they're they they do like all they have they're together in a comedy sketch they're together in um there's a uh, a recording of um a version of a, a stage adaptation of oh god damn it what's the name it's a Shakespeare play fuck me uh oh, much do about nothing oh yeah where they they play uh uh 
shit, I can't remember the characters, but where they're against each other, and the, the whole point of their characters is they fucking trade insults oh, for the whole yeah. play, and then they, like, fucking yeah, yeah. fall in love, and it's so good. It's like, so, yeah, no, the Doctor and Donna are my favorite. Not even, I like, love- romantically, just as, like, fucking bros. And- I love how this episode has now become... Hey, you like Doctor Who? Here's better shit that these people are in that you need <laughs> yeah, to watch. Yeah. Here's better stuff you can watch. Well, because you want to know where the fucking show lost me? Because they did Donna so fucking dirty. Oh, yeah. Super did Donna real dirty. It is a surprisingly sad show. And, like, that's what sucks is they are genuinely very good emotional episodes. Like, the last episode with Rose is fucking phenomenally well done it's very emotional but you just have to wade through so many piles of bullshit to get there and i'm like i don't want to i don't want to wade through this to get to this emotional like i remember people talking about like my favorite episode is blank and i was like i don't know when this episode is but i'm not gonna fucking Uh struggle through all these episodes (laughs) to get there i'm just gonna watch blink watch like uh yeah you gotta watch an episode where like girl's face becomes a cement block and and then she but she's gotta date that guy and like i guess she gives him blowjobs forever now that's in my brain that's in my brain forever now thanks doctor who (laughs) yeah but yeah blink was good um i've actually never watched the one with um Ah, Painter Boy. Who's Painter Boy? It's like the icon. It's like one of those iconic sad episodes. Oh, yeah, the Van Gogh one. Yeah, Van Gogh. I think I've seen that one. See, that's the thing. Have I seen that one, or just have I seen enough clips of it on the internet? Yeah, that's me with uh, when he when he turned from David Tennant into Matt Smith. I'm like, I know I have not seen this episode, but I've watched that clip a fuck ton. I've watched that one. So, like, I'm fairly sure I could count the episodes that I've watched and remembered on one fucking hand. It's like Blink, it's um, the War Doctor movie, which was good. It was Matt Smith. Never saw it. Oh, that one was good because I got to see David Tennant again. I got to see (laughs) David Tennant and Matt Smith. But everything past that, like, the Capaldi shit, no clue. Never saw, yeah, I never saw any of Peter Capaldi. I never saw any of the the new lady. Um, I watched a bit of Matt Smith, but then I just started, like, rapidly losing interest because the writing wasn't that good. Um, yeah. I thought, that I like I like, I like the uh, actress who plays Amy. I can't think of her name off the top of my head. I like oh. her in other stuff. Um, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I may have. Is it? Yes, it is. Okay, so... She is also another one of those people who uh, I no longer think of Doctor Who when I see them because it's Karen Gillan. It's fucking um, it's Nebula. Nebula. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like I I adore her. I think she's so cute. Um, But I hated her relationship because she like is about to marry like her like childhood sweetheart or whatever but like she's still super horny for the doctor because she met him once when she was a kid and that whole dynamic is really fucky and weird yeah and i'm I'm not a fan of it and then river song shows up and i here's another hot take for y'all i can't fucking stand her oh really (laughs) i thought that would be up your uh, up your alley no i mean uh, again it's another case where it's like I feel like I kind of like that actress and I kind of like that energy she gives off. And I feel like if she was in another story, she'd be cool. 
but I think she's just really fucking annoying. I feel like the best way to describe Doctor Who is like, have you ever been dating somebody and then you had to go to their play, like a play they were in and the play was re- <laughs> and the play was really, really shit, but you just stuck around because you just wanted to fuck them afterwards? That's me with Doctor Who. I'm just like, fucking uh, Amy Pond, let's get it. David Tennant, let's fucking get it. Billy <laughs> Billy Piper, let's fucking get it. Um, oh, that shit. That is so funny. Oh, j- fucking Jack, Jack, Jack Harkness. Yes. Oh. Uh. Oh, the ultimate, ultimate fuckable man. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm trying to remember. There is a great story about... Fuck, why can't I remember the name of his actor? I know. um, Shit. Because he's the hottest... John Barrowman, that's his name. Yes. (laughs) The the gayest of men. (laughs) I looked up Jack Harkness, and one of the first pop-ups is Jack Harkness, bisexuality wiki. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the way uh, what we talked about in the the Ghostbusters episode, the way you felt when you found out that, um, uh, shit, what's her name, who plays Holtzman? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the way you found out when you when you found out that she was gay was the way I felt when I found out that John Barrowman was gay. <laughs> <laughs> there is I'm trying to find this story because there's a story of John Barrowman. Here it is. Okay, for some reason, John Barrowman was on my plane dressed as an air hostess giving out ice lollies. And I was like, what the fuck? And said, this is now the best day of my life. And he leaned down and said, bet you didn't think Captain Jack Harkness would be giving you something to suck on. This actually happened. Why? That sounds, that sounds (laughs) so fake. That sounds so fake. No, it looks like it's, uh, it was a post by... No, because there's a picture too. Oh, uh, this... all right. Well, if, there, if there's a picture, then yeah, yeah. I just... it's it was made by uh, one of the apparently one of the guys from Dan and Phil. It was Dan who apparently just had an ice lolly shoved in his mouth by Jack Harkness on a plane. <laughs> is this just going to be the? Th- this is the thirstiest episode. <laughs> Figures, <laughs> the episode that we we know the least about, and yet are the most openly horny on Maine. <laughs> <laughs> We're just sitting here like, I don't know much about the plot, but who would we fuck in this? Let's just go down the list. Which I I think may be the reason why I do love um, Billy, Billy Piper, who I've already forgotten her fucking character name. So I'm just like, blonde and British? Let's fucking go. If you had an yeah. Australian accent, it'd be ten times better, but let's whatever. Yeah, you you take what you can get, you know. See, I liked her. I liked her boyfriend. I thought he was cute. I thought he was cuter. Oh wait, does he? Who? What? Wait, hold on. Who was? I've already forgotten who her boyfriend in the show was. Um, fuck, I can't think of his name now. Was it? Oh shit, dude, I don't know. <laughs> Billy Piper, Doctor. I mean, it was who... yeah. It was so fucking long ago. I just remember thinking like, fuck, he's cute. He's getting. <laughs> He's getting, like, fucking cucked by the doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, M- Mickey. Mickey's who Mickey, you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I thought yeah, Mickey yeah. was cute. No, because c- you can only go so long without getting cucked by the doctor, because the doctor <laughs> did cuck the shit out of him. He did. He cucked him real good. And then you had What's-Her-Face after 
Rose, who got real, uh, she got fucked over because then she got crushed on the doctor, but the doctor was still super horny for Rose. What the fuck was her name? My favorite. She she ended up on Sense8. I remember that because I was like, hey, what's her face? Oh, the one right after Rose? Yeah, the doctor's rebound. (laughs) The doctor's rebound person. (laughs) Doctor Who's a horny show. With I think that's just us putting that on there. With me, with no, Doct- I think Doctor. No, I think Doctor Who's a legitimately horny show. I don't think I'm out of line when I say that. I mean, that's why it was part of like the holy trinity of Tumblr for a while. It was this. I mean, Super Hulock was a thing. It was this Doctor. Oh. It was this Supernatural and uh, Sherlock. And I, I got you, t- you, you. You take several weeks off my life every time I hear that word. I can, uh, I can, I can, I got into two out of three of those shows, but unfortunately, one of our fans was like, talk about the third show. Make me mad. Make me upset. I don't know. I know dick all about Supernatural, and I watched two episodes of Sherlock, so actually, I think quantitatively, I know the most about Doctor Who. And even then, it's a stretch. Um, so do you know anything about classic who? No, I, I, this is why I kind of wanted to get on the guy who created relativity, uh, Lee Shackelford, cause he fucking loves classic who and current who. And I was like, okay, good. So we can just shut up and let him talk. All I know about classic who is a uh, homeboy got him a real nice, uh, homeboy got a nice scarf and apparently a lot of the episodes were destroyed in a fire. Which I think was God's way of being like, no, <laughs> do it, do it again, but make it hornier. Do it again. Not horny enough. <laughs> yeah, those are the, those are the things that I also know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I, I love I learned, about. I learned a little bit more prior to this. <laughs> but, but, See, that's um, what I love about yeah. Doctor Who is like. I know plot points. I just don't know how they got there. Like, I know at one point the the 10th Doctor split his personality, I think, and became t- a, a normal dude, and then the Doctor, and then normal dude went to live with Rose on an alternate universe, and I forgot why the fuck she was there. I know Bad Wolf was a thing, and I yeah, don't know what yeah. that means. <laughs> I don't either. I do, yeah, he split himself in two so that one of him could go fuck Rose. So you can't tell me this isn't a horny show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I do love that they built up this whole thing of when Matt Smith's character was going to die, that was it. He was going to be the 13th Doctor. There are no more regenerations. It's over. And then they were just like, nah, fuck it. Here's 13 more. Like, literally, in-universe, the canon reason why the show's still continuing is the gods of Gallifrey or whatever. We're just like, ah, keep it going. Y'all making some good money. (laughs) Keep this going. Just keep this party train rolling. And I I like... I, I, I like like I don't know what the uh, I, I like I don't know what the what goes into picking uh, whoever the fuck goes next, but I do like that they were like 
Even them doctors getting too pretty. Give me a scary old Scottish man. <laughs> yes. I want, I give, give me your gnarliest old man. <laughs> <laughs> They're all being too cute and quaint. Let's have a very angry Scottish person. And we, have after- gotten, we have gotten far too horny. We need to dial it back. Although I don't know. I haven't watched any of these. Maybe they kept... Maybe they kept it just as horny. I don't know. I stopped watching because I just completely lost interest. <laughs> and like, I do, I don't know if this is sexism or not. And also I haven't watched. So like, I don't know if this is true. But when the doctor, like when the newest doctor took over and it's a lady doctor, did it feel weird that she almost seemed to be emulating the Matt Smith, David Tennant quirkiness, almost as if they were like, no, fuck you. If you're going to be successful, you're going to have to copy what what the successful people did. Like, it felt weird, but also kind of like I was home again. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God it's quirky and not an angry Scottish man. Or <laughs> <laughs> to return to form. I don't know. I had I have not yeah. seen enough. I was just like, hmm, pretty lady. <laughs> just out of like the corner of my eye, like, oh, this is this so this is happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fish, I, fish I, fingers. Recog- I recognized her vaguely because I know she was in like Attack the Block oh, like, yeah. a while ago. And something else. I don't know, but it was just like, hmm, pretty lady doctor. <laughs> um Fish Fingers and Custard. Alon Z. Um I'm just saying shit Ow. from the show now. Ow, Don't. it hurt it hurts. Because this this is also part of the problem, too, is it has become inextricable from like internet cringe. Yeah. No, I'm just trying my best to fit in everything. That way the people at home are satisfied. That way they'll oh, be like, course. Oh, he said don't blink. We're good. Let's keep moving on. Oh, he, <laughs> he said the he said the thing. Um yeah, no, but it's like hearing these words now, even though they're just words from the show, like they it, it hurts me. This feels it like me, it makes me think of, of things on the internet that i don't like it it almost feels like the next generation of kids's version of like this was their scene period like where for us we would have had our hair in our eyes while listening to my chemical romance (laughs) theirs was going to books a million and buying doctor who shirts like that's what i feel like even the next generation kind of look back like ah fuck i did that i really did that (laughs) And what sucks is I was on both sides of the fence, as evidenced by the fact that I do have a sonic screwdriver next to me. Wow! That sure is a thing you own. Hold on. (laughs) Purchased while I was dating that girl, because I was like, maybe I can get a little something-something if I whip out my sonic (laughs) screwdriver. This cost me $90, and it can... my god well with reason it's a universal Was tv it worth it it's a universal oh, okay, tv okay. remote it's pretty fucking cool like even if i don't Thank like it god okay i thought it's, it was just like uh, one of those fucking wands you buy at harry potter world where it doesn't do shit it just collects dust <laughs> hold on you mean one of these <laughs> you mean one of these right here 
Jesus fucking Christ, Scotty. How much did that cost? $50. But to be fair, I was very fucking drunk. (laughs) (laughs) And and the wand ceremony was done for me. Meaning that... I don't think I've told this story on the show. Meaning that there was a room full of children who loved the Harry Potter series begging to be chosen for a wand ceremony. Instead, this very drunk individual gets brought up. This is the best episode of Doctor Who ever. I have I went to Harry Potter World when it opened because I was living in Florida, and um, I did watch the wand ceremony, so I know exactly what it looks like. I watched it done to a tiny child, <laughs> yeah. so I have a wonderful mental image in my head of like it all goes dark over the crowd, and it's like do 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 do. The old man is just like, oh, the wand chooses the wizard. Whoosh. I'm just picturing you fucking ass blasted like fuck yeah tell us I, I thought you just I thought you said fuck yeah Doug as if that's what I thought the walkie fuck yeah Doug let's go I'm your walkie keeper Douglas Dimidome owner of the Dimidome wand shop in Orlando, Florida. <laughs> Holy shit. We always break right before we have to get into our fan fiction. Because we're like, we, we sure can. do. Okay. Um, we- Weeping Angel. Oh, did yeah. It. <laughs> we did Got the it. Weeping Daleks. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Um, exterminate. <laughs> Deleted or whatever. (laughs) Cyberman. Cyber. I I almost called them Cybermen earlier and I went wrong. That was last week. Dragon Ball Z. Last (laughs) week. We done did that. (laughs) All right. Now, uh, I did have to message one of my friends earlier today because I lied earlier. I actually do know about Bad Wolf because I had to research that extensively for my story, for my fan fiction. Fucking liar. It's kind of bullshit. It's kind of the worst. It just involves Rose looking into the heart of the TARDIS and being like, I'm God now. All right. I'm I'm the bad wolf. <laughs> ruff, ruff. I am wolf. And so Rose, uh, is, Rose is furry. <laughs> and so I messaged one of my friends like, hey, this is my idea. Would this work? And he responded, it's Doctor Who. It doesn't fucking matter. So that is the one thing I have Best to take response. away. Best response. Do whatever the fuck you want. Now, we've gotten a little bit niche in the past making things about fraser and money plane <laughs> i don't just, think just a touch i don't think we will currently or ever get more niche than we will with my fan fiction that i've written today of which oh the boy. <laughs> of which the doctor is in it for a total of 1 minute <clears throat> 
In the early 1980s, a young boy named Tobias was walking around his schoolyard, unaware that what was about to happen to him would change his life forever. You see, Tobias was a shy, unassuming lad whose only escape was his music. He was the lead singer in a band called Easy Money, and his bandmates were his only friends in life, but Toby had aspirations. He wanted to become more, wanted to become that voice, living in the radio, awakening everyone, bringing them joy ahead of their day. But there was one person who Tobias wanted to hear his voice more than anything. She was the head cheerleader, a future valedictorian, and easily the most popular person in the entire grade. Tobias watched her at practice, wrote songs about her beauty, and fell in love with the idea of her. The idea of them. This is still a Doctor Who fanfiction. Today was no different, you see. While his bandmates all were getting ready for the next big show, Tobias was instead focused on her. And he decided today was the day. It was the day he would finally do it. He would finally actually speak to her. He broke away from the rest of Easy Money, and despite their urgings, urgings, he approached her on the field, nervously holding out a ticket for his band's show that evening at the supper club while giving her the closest approximation he had to a charming smile, and she smiled back while taking that ticket out of his hand, and her smile grew wider and wider, the smile eventually evolving into laughter that was joined in on by the rest of the cheerleading squad. They mocked him relentlessly, calling his feeble attempts to be a rock star ridiculous and saying that he'd end up just like his father, an oil worker with no joy in his life, no pride in his family name. And despite Tobias's urgings to prove her wrong, she ripped up the ticket and threw it down onto the turf beneath them. Tobias was understandably furious. He rushed away with a sea of tears gushing from his eyes and ran past his band, hurrying towards home. This is still Doctor Who. He had to find a way to prove himself. <laughs> he wanted to prove himself as bigger than she thought, a real star, someone who could make the world burn if he wanted. Which is why that evening, Tobias broke into that very same football stadium, the stage upon which the girl of his dreams performed with a can of gasoline underneath his arm. And on that football field, he wrote out the number of the girl in gasoline and wrote, call for a good time underneath. He said he only wanted to get her attention with this stunt, but deep down, he wanted to embarrass her. He wanted to show her the deep shame and pain that she caused him. And as that football field went up in flames, he laughed. Just as she did earlier that day, he laughed maniacally to the sky as the flames began to spread up the stands and it destroyed the entire stadium. He destroyed her stage for her to never perform on again. Much what? like she destroyed his... What is the thread I'm missing here? <laughs> I cannot wait for the punchline of what when I tell you what this is. I was trying to Google because you fucking Googled during mine. You cheated during mine last week. <laughs> Tobias found himself locked away in prison a few mere days later. He was just a month away from graduation, but he didn't care. The revenge he got on the girl of his dreams was worth losing that silly diploma, but it wasn't enough for him. He would lie back and imagine what would happen when he got out. He imagined getting the band back together and torturing her with his voice on the radio every single morning. He imagined forcing her to live at, watch him live out his dreams while she suffered in a loveless, painful life, the same life she wished upon him. He couldn't make her love him, but he dreamed about living in her radio day in and day out. But 
As the years passed and the opportunity for an early release slipped further and further away, Tobias became more jaded. He would attack cellmates, got locked up in solitary, and eventually the guards would know exactly where Tobias was locked up in just by the wailing of his voice night in and night out. Tobias was falling apart. But one day, his mind became clear. He began to scream out for the guards, begging for a fight, but no guards came. He stared down and saw them, familiar as always, but it was as if, as if they couldn't hear him. They all had these bizarre earpieces in their head with antennae stretching to the heavens, and it seemed like they were brainwashed, walking robotically back and forth, staring at the prisoners with dark, lifeless eyes. And in that moment, Tobias felt something he hadn't felt in a very long time. Fear. He knew something was wrong, and he didn't know who he could turn to when suddenly a loud, pulsating sound began to signal from around him. And what appeared to be a phone booth shot down from seemingly nowhere, landing directly in his cell. From within it stepped a man in long trench coat and poofy hair who rushed towards the cell door, pulling out a strange device that unlocked his cell. The man had barely noticed Tobias as he rushed out and began to go after the guards, attempting to rip those earpieces out from their heads. But through the brutality, Tobias kept looking, looking back at that phone booth. There was no. Also, I know it's a police box. Fuck it. Fuck anybody who's trying to tweet me right now. There was no <laughs> sign of impact from the ceiling. It was like it just fell out of time itself. He slowly approached it and opened the door to discover an entire room waiting for him. It was massive, stretching far and wide. It was bigger on the inside. <laughs> lock, lock. <laughs> In the center of this room was <laughs> in the center of this room was a tall, stretching structure with various knobs and levers all throughout and all throughout it. And as Tobias approached, the knobs and levers receded. He grabbed onto them and struggled to get them to operate to his command, but they all firmly stayed in place. He pulled and pulled and pulled, but his grip eventually betrayed him, forcing him to fall backwards over a railing and tumble down and down underneath that tall structure. And what lay in front of him was beautiful. It was like millions of stretching universes all ebbing and flowing directly in front of him. He saw the death of one galaxy, the birth of another. He saw everything. And how insignificant his plans truly were. But he couldn't get her out of his mind. He focused, staring down at those timelines, and finally found her. She did, in fact, graduate valedictorian, top of her class, and eventually used that to parlay into a successful career at Brown University, where she graduated with a degree as a lawyer. She eventually found love, two beautiful kids, a successful career, and eventually turning to politics, becoming the first female governor of Tennessee. Her life was perfect. What? And Tobias was furious. He couldn't help himself. He then looked at his own timeline, his own life, and he saw himself grow more and more depraved, his body becoming weaker, refusing to eat, and eventually dying in his prison cell at the age of 42. He couldn't believe it. How dare she get a happy life after what she did to him? That wasn't right. She deserved pain. She deserved all the pain Tobias had. Which is when Tobias reached out and realized he could grab that timeline. He could manipulate every moment in her life. He had become a god. 
This is still Doctor Who. He began. <laughs> he began in high school. Is it though? <laughs> He began in high school. Just one small change could cause big ripples down her timeline, he found. He decided to give her an F. Just one. Just one small blight on her record, but it was enough to destroy her. She was no longer valedictorian, just got accepted into a small community college where she dropped out after getting pregnant, ended up marrying the quarterback of the football team, and he watched as that man destroyed her dreams, made her feel more alone at her side than he would if they were apart, and he watched as her children listened to their mother cry alone in her bedroom. And the cherry on top of this horrible Sunday he had made for her came crying through the radio. It was Tobias's voice. He was singing loudly and proudly about how perfect his life had become. He was released early on good behavior and moved to Nashville alongside the rest of his band, and they had become megastars, singing about lost love and being rock stars. He was finally where he had always wanted to be. And she had to wake up every single morning realizing what she had lost when she ripped up that ticket in Tobias's face. I'm realizing how incelly this is. Um. <laughs> Tobias, are, the, you, are you only just now realizing it? Tobias, the <laughs> ultimate in incel. <laughs> it gets funnier when you realize what inspired this. I've, I've got it down to like a couple different things now. So but, I, but his revenge wasn't complete yet. He knew he had to let her know. Let her know exactly who was doing all this to her. So he gave her a glimmer of hope. A letter. A letter reading... I have waited 20 years to tro show you my true feelings. Meet me at the center field stands midnight. And sure enough, that night she showed up at that rebuilt football field, sitting on those stands that were once engulfed in flames, holding a rose to her heart, praying that her Savior would come. And that he did. With the snap of his fingers, those Friday night lights came on and it illuminated Tobias standing in the center of the field, microphone at his lips and a guitar in his hands. He sang a song relentlessly mocking her, torturing her about her troubled life and asking her one simple question. How do you like me now? She tried to leave, but Tobias wouldn't let her, using, her using his powers to teleport around the field, stopping her at every exit. But no, this, this wasn't enough. He continued to torture her, bringing her own friends, her own cheerleading squad, onto the field to dance alongside him, showing just how fickle their relationship truly was. He even teleported her high school self to sit alongside her while his high school self and the rest of Easy Money finally got to perform their big gig. It was, to put it lightly, chaos, cheerleaders, rock bands, and even a limousine pulling through the field. His torture of this poor woman was everything he had ever wanted, and then his voice was playing through the radio again. That woman woke up, found that note, and returned to the field. The concert played again. The limousine pulled to the football field. His voice haunted her. Her friends betrayed her. And then it just reset. Over and over again, he was trapped performing this act of betrayal. And after a while, it seemed like this personal hell he had built wasn't for her, but for him. Forced to sing day in and day out the same song every single night, no matter what he did, he could not escape. Uh, now this is just an episode of the Twilight Zone. I regret to inform you. 
the doctor didn't know the doctor doctor who didn't know what to make uh, of what he found when he re-entered the tardis that day all he saw was a broken body humming the same song over and over again unable to be awoken from his state he was a husk an empty shell that did nothing but hum this same horrifying song over and over again, trapped in his own cage of malice and revenge. That same song would play like clockwork over the radio waves in the real world. No one knew who created the song. It just played every single day at midnight, every single night. Tobias had finally gotten what he always wanted. He lived in her radio. How do you like me now? Now, this was inspired by my favorite music video of all time, which is the song How Do You Like Me Now by Toby Keith. Yeah, nope. (laughs) Never heard of it. That was not on my list. I need you to understand how buckwild this music video is, and the only explanation is that he does have Time Lord powers. Because just about <laughs> everything I put in there happens in this fun, jaunty music video. It's like, how do you like me now? Now that I'm on my way, you still think I... Like, it's so fun and j- bouncy. Meanwhile... Literally, he is torturing this woman with memories of her past because he got denied one time. Wow, that to, 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 Toby Keith is, is an incel is what you're telling me. He literally teleports around the field. He literally brings high school her back to watch this alongside her. He says, fuck the time stream. I'm going to destroy everything in the known universe just to get revenge on this girl. Wow, that's fucked up. <laughs> After 20 years! <laughs> Also, he does write her number on the 50-yard line with call for a good time underneath it. Toby Keith is a fucking maniac. And I just had to write out the full adaptation of what he had done. That is demented. Um, yeah. But also, you you are correct. That might be the most niche thing we've ever done. Thank and, I'm gonna and you, you did you did just last episode uh make a show that was about Frieza moving to Seattle and becoming um, Frasier. E- excuse me, <laughs> Frasier. Thank you very much. <laughs> I am about to send you the how do you like me now music video. God. But while I do this, what did you do? Well, um, <laughs> So I didn't write... uh, Here's the thing. Um, On the one hand, I didn't write a story. But on the other hand, mine's actually about Doctor Who. So, you know, points for me. Now, wait, hold on. (laughs) Doctor Who. It it had some episodes that were focused on other people while the Doctor... Like, Blink is about the Blink Lady. It's not about Doctor Who. It's about the Blink Lady. The Blink Lady. (laughs) It's about Blink-182, and they're just like, I climbed into the TARDIS. <laughs> One of the things that you were talking about was we just discussed uh, about Tumblr and uh, the height of, of Doctor Who fandom 
And one of the things that I remember that was popular around that time was um, coming up with, like, alternate history sort of things of, like, what if Doctor Who had been, like, an American thing? Oh, yeah. And I don't remember any of them, but I thought, so with that blank slate, I thought it would be fun if I did did my own if i came up with an exhaustive uh american alternate history of doctor who okay i'm happy you brought this up because right before the show i shit you not i did think of who i would want as an american doctor who but i will let you go first in case i've accidentally (laughs) stolen something i'm sure there's probably gonna be some overlap i don't think i was like uh like wildly innovative there were some of these i did struggle with so i did it based on i pulled up the uh list of doctors and stuff um i did not i I just did the main list i didn't include any of the weird like offshoot shit like the war doctor and shit like that yeah yes i did not do the war doctor i did not do like radio teleplays and (laughs) i was just like no what the what the fuck (laughs) Um, and the, the big, the big bangs and the grand finale. And I'm just like, I don't know what these are. <laughs> now I do need to make sure Goldblum's on here, right? Goldblum no. needs, what? No. Goldblum would be a fucking, uh, well, you see, it's a, uh, uh, it's a, it's wibbly wobbly, uh, Tommy <laughs> Rami stuff. Uh, yeah. It's, it's true. But the thing is, by the time Jeff Goldblum did actually kind of occur to me, I didn't have a good spot for him. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think maybe Capaldi? Like, that's the only place I could think to put him. And I'd already, yeah, I'd already filled that one out. Okay. And I like what what I'd put there, and I was like, well, too late. (laughs) Jack Nicholson. No room, no room for the Goldblum. Ugh. I, I guess I'll just sit over here, uh, play a little <laughs> jazz piano. Don't mind me. I accidentally yeah. started <laughs> singing a hundred miles. Like that's what. I'll just uh, I'll just be Vanessa. I'll be Vanessa Carlton. And I uh, I, I, I see me. you. And I miss you. I miss I miss you. And now what, I. What is uh, the doctor? Wh- what is he a doctor of exactly? Mine's getting a little <laughs> bit too close to Obama. <laughs> well, you see, I uh, I miss you, and now I wonder why. <laughs> if I could fall into the sky. <laughs> that's what this is about to become you know that right it's just all of us doing shitty impressions of who needs uh, to be here, the here we go <laughs> first so, so I, I based it off of because especially for the old doctors i don't know their fucking personalities you know i don't know their you know what they're about so you know, I did it by ages and, you know, the times and things like that that would kind of, like, match up. And, you know, what actors that I feel like around that time would be down to clown with a shitty, low-budget sci-fi TV show. <laughs> so, first Doctor uh, began tenure 1963. I figure what makes most sense here? Rod Serling. Um, oh, fuck yeah! That rules! Yeah, so- 
he finished writing, uh, he finished his tenure writing, uh, for Twilight Zone, which, you know, he fucking made in 1964. So it's like, yeah, all right. You know, I did one fucking balls out sci-fi show. Like, let's do another one. Like, I like that symmetry. I think that's cool. Like, let's just be the first doctor. Let's pretend that, you know, in this world, Doctor Who maybe is like partially his baby. <laughs> so I thought that that would be kind of like a dope place to start. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I could do a Rod Serling, though, unfortunately. I don't. I'm not familiar enough with his voice. I'm just like, hello, I am the doctor. And that's nothing. That's just nothing. I just, oh, I used to watch Twilight Zone all the fucking time. But Rod Serling is just like, um, just, you're entering another dimension. A dimension not of sight and sound, but of mind. What's that signpost up ahead? It's the Twilight Zone. I realized my Rod Serling was just Nick Offerman. <laughs> Hello, I am the doctor. Um, yeah, that is just Nick Offerman. Please feed me steak and have my sonic screwdriver sponsored by Mazda. It's sponsored by Mazda because we're American and everything we get is sponsored. If you want to do a Rod Serling impression, even if no one can see it, you have to pretend to be holding a cigarette. Those are the rules. <laughs> Hello. I'm Rod Serling. I'm Rod Serling. I'm holding a cigarette. I'm holding it between two fingers because it's 1959, and that's just how we do things. It's what those I people have is- over there had. Those people over there had pig faces. Wasn't that fucking wild? This was the Twilight Zone. Uh, my, what I've got as a fake cigarette is so thin that it's more akin to a joint. So that'd be a very bizarre. <laughs> You want to go to the fucking Twilight Zone? <laughs> for those of you, for those of you at home, Scotty just did a real rough hit on a Capri Sunstraw. <laughs> uh, so, Wild Barry, <laughs> second Doctor. Um, now this is not indicative. I want you know this was the last one I filled out because I just I just couldn't. Because I had such a fucking hard time. It was 1966. And I'm like sitting here being like, who's fuck 1966? Is that a real year? Did that happen? <laughs> who, who? Who? I don't fuck. So we're like, I, I don't know, dude. Fucking Jackie Gleason. Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> I don't know. Because I'd filled out all my other doctors, and I yeah. just didn't fucking know. So you were just like, Jackie Gleason, moving on, Doctor Three. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. The 60s are hard. <laughs> uh, but the next one, next one's a banger. Okay. Third Doctor, 1970, Vincent Price. Fuck yes, yes. I have a, uh, I've got one that I want, and I'm not going to spoil it. So let's keep moving on, because there okay, is a doctor okay. I have in mind. All right. So yeah, so that age-wise, that's perfect. Around that time, he was just doing, you know, random TV stuff. It's perfect. This is 100% his brand of bullshit. Fourth Doctor, 1974. Honestly, I cheated for this one, because I saw an edit once. Yeah. Uh, and this was the quirky doctor. This was, this was Scarf Boy Doctor. It is Gene Wilder. Oh, shit. Okay, that's... So, uh, yeah. That's I, I very take, good. I can't take credit for that one. 
Um, because it's like, yeah, that that's per- he looks like Tom Baker, who was that doctor. He's got that weirdo fucking alien dude energy. Yeah, it's it's that Willy Wonka shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, realistically though, that would have been during that. That was like that was like right peak at uh, Young Frankenstein and yeah. like Little Prince and shit. So I don't know. He might have been too big at that point, but whatever. Uh, Fifth Doctor, nineteen eighty one, Peter Falk. Okay. Um, he's ten years into doing Columbo. He's got shit else going on. Like, I think he had, like, a cameo in, like, the fucking great Muppet caper. So it's like, fuck, you know, let's let's be a Doctor Who. You can basically just do the same Columbo shtick for most of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it translates. It's fine. Sixth Doctor, 1984, Christopher Walken. Oh, you're so close to the Christopher <laughs> I had picked. I had a Christopher <laughs> pick too, but he ha- he has to be one of these because at 1985 he will blow up, and it's Christopher Lloyd, and so we gotta Ooh. we gotta get him before Back to the Future, so he's gotta very be one good. of the previous ones. Christopher Lloyd is very see that's the thing with these years; it's very tricky. Uh, but yeah, so Christopher Walken um, around this time he was doing uh, the Dead Zone. It was, like, right before he was, like, uh, maxed whatever the fuck in the one really bad James Bond movie. Max Goof, yes. He was Max Goof. Yes, Max Goof. Uh, Dad, I've got to go to the Powerline concert. <laughs> it's a fucking phenomenal. I told the kids at school that I would be there. Let's go. Wibbly wobbly. Timey wimey. <laughs> What is this possum place you've taken me to, Dad? Wow. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that pretty much the thing I just had for that is, like, Christopher Walken's a fucking weirdo. They're not all gonna be bangers. That's just, that's all the reason you need. Uh, Seventh Doctor, 1987. Leslie Nielsen. Oh, shit. Shit, that's gonna be a weird couple of fucking seasons. That's gonna be a weird... But it's gonna be it's good. So that's right around the time of the first Naked Gun movie. Um, this doctor apparently was known for uh, being a physical comedian, doing physical comedy. Okay, okay. So yeah, no matches up. Leslie Nielsen, slapstick comedian. Honestly, given the fact that this is run like twenty seasons, like twenty years at this point, it would be fun. To have almost a parody of itself couple of seasons, and Nielsen could definitely do that. Absolutely. Um, I am fudging it slightly because he is Canadian. Uh, but also, how but dare you? Half these doctors were Scottish, and what is right. Canada if not America Scotland? <laughs> <laughs> um Eighth Doctor. So this is the 1996 TV movie, um, which was also meant to be like a backdoor pilot for trying to do an American crossover Doctor Who series. Oh, God. And so what better? What better? Who's better to have big TV movie peak 90s failed backdoor pilot energy? Than Bruce Campbell. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the doctor, just smiling at the camera with an eyebrow raised. Hail to the time, Lord, baby. (laughs) 
because this was right when he was doing he did like just finished uh briscoe county jr he was on hercules he was on xena right at this time wait was God wait who it. the fuck was he on hercules oh wait the same mean- character he was on xena he was on both because they were all uh- crossing over with each other and shit but i thought you meant the disney movie and i'm like i've watched that numerous times and oh I- my god no on tv on tv god that's right you're young you were a baby (laughs) you weren't having your uncomfortable xena based sexual awakenings yet (laughs) uh and so this kills doctor who for a while this kills the doctor (laughs) yeah bruce campbell like him or val kilmer if you want to kill if you want to kill a franchise yes very good yeah if you want to just kill something dead for a while in the 90s um (laughs) That's very good. Uh, and so we come to 2005 reboot. Now, this one is a little out of left field, but I picked it because I wanted it. Okay. <laughs> and this was Eccleston. This was our badass reboot of Doctor Who. This is when it was like, I'll wear a leather jacket and I'll come out and talk like this. So I took it in a slightly different direction. Not exactly badass, but the kind of thing that will not mesh well with Doctor Who and will get you in trouble and thrown off a television show in two months. (laughs) I chose Robin Williams. Oh, shit. I was thinking uh, Charlie Sheen, but that one works, too. If you just want to get kicked (laughs) off a TV. Oh, yes, I'm the Doctor. Hello. <laughs> He's just gonna be the genie. I hope you realize that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yeah. Um I just really, really want that. <laughs> and you know, like he would just do like weird buckwild shit that would just irritate everyone. And in a couple months they would just be like, Look, r- this this isn't working. Yeah. <laughs> we can't we can't we can't do this. <laughs> Oh, it's it's bigger on this inside. That's not what my wife said. Oh, <laughs> you Get have to time. stop. Get in the TARDIS. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Come on, Peggy, let's go. Robin, you have to stop just doing impressions and, and constantly saying fuck. We can't. All right, Lassie, let's this. get inside the TARDIS. <laughs> oh. That's every. That's my brother. Whenever my brother does a Robin Williams impression, that's literally what it just comes down to is him going, oh, <laughs> hold on now, little Bessie. So, yeah. Um, also, it, it, what, what's perfect is because it's part of the Eccleston run. And I remember uh, it was in that run of ev- episodes that did include those aliens that only communicate by doing farts. So that's just <laughs> beautiful serendipity right there, baby. <laughs> oh this one's had a little bit too many beans what do you say i don't know about that tim oh yes <laughs> i was in goodwill hunting and now i'm relegated to this oh <laughs> <laughs> gotta go do some more cocaine let's go do some cocaine <laughs> uh speaking of cocaine we come to the tenth <laughs> doctor <laughs> So we're still in 2005, and that means it's time for Robert Downey Jr. Um, Oh, shit! Shit! Yeah. This is some big brain fucking moments. So this is 
smack dab right in the middle of his like fucking around doing indie films and shit post rehab phase when he was doing um like kiss kiss bang bang but also the sh- the shaggy dog god i forgot <laughs> you can't just bring up one of my favorite films and then be like also during that time he did the shaggy dog <laughs> it's true though i i pay hey, i fucking love kiss kiss bang bang but this was his to fuck around and figure it out time um until you know oh fuck i didn't realize that he was in shaggy dog i was like that's a tim allen joint (laughs) it's like no he was there he was so um in this sort of alternate reality we're going to delay his ascendance to becoming marvel's perfect darling superstar by two years so he can become america's doctor (laughs) doctor who say the name correctly (laughs) america's doctor who (laughs) we are going to get all the tweets on this one (laughs) yes only it only makes me more powerful (laughs) finally well not finally though we're not even no we're not at finally i don't know why i said finally (laughs) we still we still got more to go okay we're now at the 11th doctor um we gotta get more baby and for this one, I'm going with, so we have to get an unknown because Matt Smith hadn't done shit at that point. Yeah. And they were like, who is this little British boy with no eyebrows? No one's ever heard of him. He's so small. And um, <laughs> I, I, the lack of eyebrows got me. That one got me. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, who's baby? Who hadn't done anything in 2010? Um, and so I picked William Jackson Harper. Um, Gonna and have I find to him, Google I find that him one. Wholly, I find him wholly superior to Matt Smith. And he's baby, and I love him. He's cheaty from The Good Place. Oh, fuck yes. He would nail it. Yes. Yes. He's a giant nerd. He's fucking adorable. And he's baby. <laughs> okay. And he's also the same age as Matt Smith. Oh, wow. Let me see. I'm trying to actually look at a specific person who I would have cast, and if they were doing anything during this time. Oh, not at all. Okay, we're going to have to wait a few before my guy could come in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. 12th Doctor, 2013. So it's that point where they're like, no more babies. We are done with baby boy doctors. We're going back to weird old men. And to that effect, he's he's bored. He's washed up. He's starring in trash like monuments, men. He's got nothing better to do. You know you want to see a tired, passive-aggressive, and deeply caustic doctor as played by Bill Murray. Oh, no. (laughs) I was fucking terrified this was going to be the Kelsey Grammer drop. I was terrified this was going to be your grammar. I I meant when I said that that uh the hamilton was my swan song with, oh. <laughs> with money played i really did <laughs> uh, plus come on you you want it you want it you want a tired defeated bill murray who mostly doesn't want to be there just drinking whiskey <laughs> in every single scene <laughs> he she you know he showed up to the set high <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he's just like, um, yeah, this, this is my, uh, this, this is my, my, my totus. Um, <laughs> my totus. You want, you want to get inside? Uh, we got to fight, um, we got to fight the darnets. The darnets. <laughs> <laughs> don't, um, don't fucking close your eyes or whatever what's that term for when you close your eyes real fast and then open them again don't do that <laughs> just don't yeah it's bad don't bonk don't bonk <laughs> don't bonk just don't do it we gotta fight the cyberman or whatever i don't fucking know dude get your proton packs that's not the wrong fucking movie dude yeah shut up <laughs> I don't give a shit. I, we gotta fight the Werp and Dangles. <laughs> Doctor, I don't even know what that is. It's, it's a big I old... I don't fucking either. It's a fucking statue, I guess, and it's like, ah, but then it's not. I don't know. It makes two of us. <laughs> and so, finally, after that fucking disaster... <laughs> They're like, all right, it's 2017. I guess we got we got to get a pair of boobies in the TARDIS. Yeah, <laughs> it's time. And um, I uh, I picked Jenny Slate. Oh, uh, that's basically good. because she's this she's the same age. That, that was all I had to go on because I was like, "Who's this? Who's the same age as jo- Jody Westerface?" And I saw Jenny Slate was, and I was like, "Fuck that would that would fucking rule." See, my awesome mine was, uh, and it might be because she's my number one celebrity crush of all time. But and she wasn't; she was just getting on the up and up in 2017. But I had Brie Larson. I thought a Brie would be good because she's ner- she's weird as shit and won't admit it. You can tell she's weird as a motherfucker and just won't admit it. She's got she's got some quirkiness kind of like simmering beneath the surface, but like Jenny Slade is a full on freak. <laughs> <laughs> can and that be <laughs> can that be our advertising post when this when we advertise this on Twitter? Yo at Jenny Slate. We all know you a freak. <laughs> You a freak? You want? You, would you be our American Doctor Who? <laughs> <laughs> okay, can and I? That's it. Those those are all my. Those are my American Who's. <laughs> my mine. Un- my American <laughs> Who's. Take me to the TARDIS. I want to see LA. <laughs> <laughs> I really like to completely be who. Mine doesn't fit the timeline at all, so I don't know where he would come in. But I want John Mulaney as Doctor Who. (laughs) My companion is Jewish, and I'll never forgive the Jewish people for her. (laughs) Who the f- I'm I'm traveling throughout space and time, you know, in my phone booth. And at the end of the day, I'm having to find an upside-down garbage can. What has a plunger attached? 
so you, you can see wanted, my you problem. You just want to do a fucking John Mulaney. No, I was doing a Mulaney right before this <laughs> on the show I was recording before, and I just went, I'm not about to let us not discuss the concept of a John Mulaney Doctor Who. No, he has the perfect fucking temperament because he's got his weird old young man thing. It, it really does. <laughs> it, it gels very well. <laughs> you see, my face may be young, but in actuality, <laughs> I'm a very old man. <laughs> That's how this works. John, doctor, did you kill Princess Diana? <laughs> <laughs> doctor, who killed Princess Diana? <laughs> it was so long ago. <laughs> who can say? Who can say? It's long ago. I was seven. Oh, <laughs> I shouldn't shit. even be. Tr- I shouldn't even be trying to do an impression while you're here. <laughs> All right, now just listen to me. You're gonna see these things. They're scary as all hell. And you're gonna (laughs) want to look away. But here's the thing. You should not look away. Keep staring at it. Now you've thrown them off their rhythm. (laughs) And now you've thrown them off their rhythm. <laughs> Shit, this should have been this should have been the whole fucking episode. <laughs> oh fuck. Damn it. Well, you see it looks like a small phone booth, but in reality, <laughs> it's actually bigger on the inside. <laughs> I'm the 15th incarnation of the last of my race. I have a traveling phone booth. I'm new in town. (laughs) (laughs) And told me I had to defeat the Daleks, and then I didn't. (laughs) And then then I did. I came to them, and I said I figured out who blew up Gallifrey. But here's the thing. I lied. You know, (laughs) like a liar. (laughs) (laughs) and so my girlfriend gets transported to an alternate dimension i try to tell her i love her but here's the thing i disappear before i can because i blew up an entire planet you see and the energy ran out at the last minute so what's a guy to do but separate my form into a completely separate me who has a different color tie to show we're different entities. (laughs) And then I just send him on his merry way. But we don't have time to unpack all of that. We don't have time to unpack all of that. Okay. We gotta... You know what? (laughs) You know what? Fuck it. We discussed it enough on this episode. Let's do DuckTales next week. Mostly because I want to catch up on the new season. And I just want to watch DuckTales. And we we can keep talking about David Tennant. (laughs) My name is Scrooge McDuck. I have a lucky dime and three good for nothing nephews. Huey, Dewey, Louie. <laughs> Huey, Dewey, the other one. <laughs> oh, it's already more exciting. 
Now that the premise of DuckTales has entered our lives, we're like, oh, okay, let's be excited. But until then, where can people find you on the internet? Um, they can find me at Oh No Lit Class. The podcast is bigger on the inside because <laughs> it's about literature. <laughs> and that's what, that's what books are. They hold a world that's bigger on the inside. Because a book looks small, you see. But in the pages, there are entire universes. Yes, exactly. Um, and and you could you could find out more about that podcast, which is is very good. Um, by by check by going wherever podcasts are and going. Oh no, lit class, and then I'll appear and I'll be like, "Yep, that's a podcast, all right." <laughs> or you could go to onolitclass.com. Scream it, <laughs> scream it into your phone. Oh no, lit class. <laughs> that's how you do it. That's the, that's the official method. Um, or you go to onolitclass.com if you want to check. If you want to check me out, <laughs> you, you can you can scream my name into your phone. Or you can, uh, you, I'm, I'm at Twitter, um, at Meg underscore danger. Or maybe one day I'll just fucking manifest in your house in a, a police box and you'll be like, what the fuck? That's a, that's only a thing in England. Unless, of course, you live in England, in which case you'll be like, oh, fuck, there's a police box in me house. Oh, no. Where'd this big old square <laughs> thing come from? It is, it is. Because that's how they talk in England, you yeah. see. We apologize to John Mulaney. We apologize to John Mulaney. No, I will never apologize to John Mulaney. He knows what he fucking did. I was a pig, but a spider. It's a whole thing. Hey, Scotty, where, where are you? On the internet. Mentally, I don't know. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E, fuck, M-O. It, have you ever seen the hit film Teen Wolf? I feel like that, but I feel like instead of turning into a wolf, I turn into John Mulaney. Because I was just trying to do my normal ass shit, and then halfway through it, it just comes out. It's horrifying. <laughs> And check out all my other shows, including The Mini Adventures of Sammy Magic, which is nominated for an Audioverse Award. So please go fucking vote for that and check out our new season, Sammy Magic and the Scary Snake Room at a load of pure BS dot com. Oh, God, he's he's manifesting a suit and tie right in front of me. Oh, no. I have the body of a 65-year-old man, but the face of a pure-faced five-year-old boy. Also, thank you to Best Day for the music that it begins our podcast and also ends it. And if you enjoy it, you can check out more of it at soundcloud.com slash best hyphen day or at Spotify or Apple Music or anywhere that music happens in the world just by screaming at your phone, Best Day. Best Day. <laughs> And you can please support us on Patreon.com slash a load of BS or pick up some fun fiction merchandise at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Or if you really want to support us, just tell a friend. Tell John Mulaney. Tell John. <laughs> 
scream fun fiction at John Mulaney. Tell Jenny Slate she's a freak and then pull this up on her iPhone. <laughs> you got this, baby! Just start screaming. Just start screaming to the ether. Jenny Slate, you a freak! <laughs> you a freak for Doctor Who! You are Doctor Who freak, Jenny Slate! <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>